great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to do rhyme it. Just what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of rams brothers the pod i'm your host dean and i'm joined by my brother and the other host of this show nick and uh nick Championship weekend is a wrap. All of your picks were on fire. But first and most importantly, how are you, my brother? Oh, successful finger crack right there <laughs> to emphasize how smart of a better I am. Uh, I'm fantastic. Uh, yeah, I mean, championship weekend kind of went exactly how I wanted it to go. The Niners lost. Kansas City won. Don't have to listen to Joe Burr anymore. Uh, the the disgraceful nature of how the Bengals handled everything kind of uh, it, it just shows exactly what kind of character they had in that locker room, which was poor. Um, and who doesn't want to see Pat Mahomes go up against the best team in the league? So and I'm really excited for the Super Bowl. And that's failing to mention how undisciplined and how much of an embarrassment the 49ers put up in terms of being in Philadelphia, having to face the fans, thinking that it was no big deal, claiming that they had claimed the stadium, that they were going to take over red, they're dressing Rocky, like you can't do all of that stuff and then come and lay an egg uh, in the NFC Championship game well, in back-to-back years, right? So, well, here's what I say. Here's what I'll say about the Niners. I felt like all of the shit talking from their end was pretty standard, you know, like stuff that you're gonna say no matter what. Like it's an NFC Championship. It kind of felt like good-natured. Uh, a fan putting the the Niners jersey on the Rocky statue—that's like the kiss of death. Um, and I, you know, I have a lot of respect for Kyle Shanahan. You got your fourth string in there, and your fourth string goes down in a game where they're really in it a lot. It's like seven seven or and seven nothing for like an excruciating amount of time. The Eagles were like begging the Niners to come back in that game, but when you have your running back lining up as a as a quarterback, because that's the next man up on the depth chart. I mean, you're just kind of. And, and people like my friends are in uh, are texting me today, like, you know, Shanahan put them in that position. They shouldn't be uh, have Brock get hurt. And I'm like, that's not his call, man. Like, no, not his fault. But also, the, the counter argument is Hassan Reddick is potentially the defensive player of the year. He was leading, leading the league, I think, leading the NFC in sacks. And you just go one on one with Kittle constantly, you know, let the front side of your quarterback wide open force him to get out of the pocket. And that's where I think you make a mistake. I think you kind of undervalued some of the key personnel uh, on on the Eagles on both sides of the ball, on the offensive side, on the defensive side, especially on the offensive line. The scheme that the Eagles came to, to play with, I thought was very, very impressive from a, a run game perspective. They've been doing it all year. But uh, San Francisco, I thought, you know, and when you're in that situation, you're still in a close game in the second quarter, and then everything kind of starts to unwind. You see the penalties, something that was 11 to four in terms of penalties. Eagles got seven first downs off of 49ers penalties. Um, that's undisciplined, whether you have respect for Kyle Shanahan or not. He, he didn't have the quarterback that he needed to have over the past three, four seasons to get him over the top. And you can go into the direction of they pursued Matthew Stafford, didn't get him. 
Sean McVay was a little bit more, I guess, able to persevere, uh, able to, to navigate traffic with whatever was happening behind the scenes in Cabo, able to acquire Jared Goff or able to acquire Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff. Maybe it was because he threw more on the table. Maybe he was, he was because he was more desperate to win a Super Bowl. Regardless, I think that um, whether you have respect for Kyle Shanahan or not, you're going to start to fall into that category again that you fell into in the Jim Harbaugh era where it's you get there, but you can't get over the top. And now I think dad made a really good point, Nick, as I was sitting there before the games even started just having a conversation with them. And he said, you know what? I wouldn't mind if the 49ers won because that means that they're done. They win the Super Bowl, all of this pressure to get there again, to invest in a quarterback, potentially continue to invest in the roster, continuously beat the Rams week over week. Like maybe they get over the top and then they have to deal with a Super Bowl hangover. So I think he was trying to look at it optimistically and uh, maybe paint the picture of if the Eagles don't win, you know, what what kind of feelings am I going to have going into the Super Bowl? Maybe just properly setting expectations for yeah, himself. I think that's what that is because I don't think any Rams fan wants them to win no. ever no. for anything. Like I don't want, I, I want to get to the point where the Rams have as many rings as they have. I mean, we're three away, you know, like I don't want them to get a single one in that span of us having any, and I, I, I get it. I think that was more tempered expectations right. than, than anything else. I'll tell you this though, Dean, I'm watching the demise of that team and I have a sinking, horrible goat feeling in my belly that Tom Brady is going to get on his haunches and go back home to San Francisco and be the whitest team ever with Nick Bosa <laughs> and Christian McCaffrey. And it's going to be the worst thing ever. I, I'm calling that now. I think that's the move. I think it's there or somewhere like Carolina. But, I mean, let's be realistic. No, he's not going to Carolina. No shot. No, no shot. That, I, I think there's a, a very good chance. No, there's no shot that he goes to Carolina. Tom Brady's he, he, never, never going to go to Carolina. Time travel back. To the to twenty twenty some like going into the twenty twenty season and then say Tampa, you would say he's not going to Tampa. Carolina has never won anything though. At least the Tampa has some kind of legacy of, of being able to win a that. Super Bowl and has they have historically great players. The Panthers are an expansion franchise. So, I, I don't think they. He's not looking. Eh. He's not looking for teams for historical lore. I just don't think that there's any reason for Tom Brady to go to Carolina. Like I, I think, think that there's an there's a much greater likelihood. I'm not arguing with you one way or the other if it goes to Carolina, whatever. I'm just saying it. San Francisco, I feel like, is such a greater likelihood. There's ties to the, you know his hometown. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was my original argument. Anyway. Right, that's what I'm saying. I I just don't know. Like Carolina, I don't think has any any dog in the fight in comparison to San Francisco, just in terms of the situation that you're bringing yourself into. Right. I, the only thing that that Tom Brady wouldn't have if he went to San Francisco was potentially Gronk. That's about it. He'd right. have everything else that he could want. In terms of a coach, personnel, offensive line talent, somebody protecting his blind side, which is the best in the league. Yeah, the personnel up front to be able to rush the passer. And 49ers had everything. They were about a quarter wherever he goes, Gronk will follow. Compete. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. But, and you know what? Tom Brady could end up in Las Vegas and Aaron Rodgers could end up in San Francisco. No, no. See, like I think Rodgers is too much of a um, what's the word? Like, I, I guess egomaniac to go to San Francisco after they didn't draft him after that's where he wanted to go. I know you had, you had brought that up before and I think it's a really good point. I think that's, I, he, he's, he's so much cares about what everybody thinks and just seems like such a vendetta guy. Um, 
also would love it, love if Bosa didn't win uh, Defensive Player of the Year this year and they gave it to Redick. You know, like like Donald's down year where he didn't even play and it doesn't even go to Bosa. It still doesn't go to San Francisco. Yeah, that oh, would be nice. Oh, my God. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan's so the running for coach of the year. I actually thought the Eagles got extremely disrespected because across the board, they had an MVP candidate, they had defensive player of the year, and they had coach of the year. And Reddick and, and, and Jalen Hurts and, and Nick Sirianni. Well, you got to pick, right? They were nominated you don't for have the MVP and you don't have the coach of the year. You got to have one or the other. I mean, that just follows the dumb rules of the NFL. Um, like, you know, they're not going to give it to the head coach of the year is not going to have the MVP. He's not going to be coach the best. Is right. like more right. of a story. Yeah, you're no. totally right. Brian Dable is an option. Kyle Shanahan. Right. And then I'm trying to think who else is the other nominee to be coach of the year. Um, Peterson. 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 And there may be one more that's in the running. Um, but it's interesting. And like going back on what you said on Tom Brady. Or Saturday. No, not definitely not Saturday. <laughs> going Jeff back, Saturday, whatever the hell his name is. Going back um, – on the, the argument that you were making on Brady too. He's potentially more likely somebody that's going to take a pay cut to be able to go to a different team, right? He's done it, did it on Tampa Bay, did it in, in New England, takes a pay cut, makes it work better for the roster, for the cap situation. Now the cap's actually increasing. It went up 16.6 million year over year. So that's you know more space to be able to, to add players, which means the value of contracts are going to continue to rise. And it's taken into account how the quarterback market continues to climb year over year. All right. So that, that the way that that affects the cap, you have to be able to, you know, extra room for additional players. I mean, that's why the Eagles have all these great players that they can sign. I mean, I think Jalen Hurts is taking up like less than 1% of the cap hit. Well, yeah, in the rookie con, if you could win yeah. in, the, in the window of the rookie contract, that's the template to winning in football. Right. I, I don't think a team has ever won when the quarterback takes up more than like twenty percent of the cap. So, and you know, Brady's going to take his pay cuts because he's already freaking TB twelve. So he's going to be like, oh yeah, I'll take as much money, just bring in more talent. I mean, he's getting money yeah. in hand over fist. I mean, he's probably going to lose a bunch of money from that eighty for Brady movie. Let's be real. <laughs> and he lost a bunch of money from crypto. So wait, how did he lose money from maybe for Brady? There's no way that I mean, I, it opens up this weekend. Who is going to see that movie? Oh, I don't know. Because the target audience. Yeah, but if you're an, you see if you're an, to watch football, women? if you're an exec producer, or do you make money regardless? You've already gotten paid out, right? No, this isn't the producers where you get paid <laughs> if it's a bomb. It has to be successful. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't know how how that works with executive producing. Like, does LeBron get this. hit I'll out on House Party? You know, Tom, before the movie comes Tom. out? Kyle Gass and Jack Black funded the Tenacious D Pick a Destiny movie themselves because nobody else would fund it. Uh, they barely ended up make, breaking even with DVD sales and box office. Yeah, and when there are no DVDs, it was left. a bomb. Yeah. You know, all the critics said that the D was done. That's right. Unfortunately. But they weren't. No. They're back. Um, yeah, I think it was um, the 49ers. The, what they've done over the past, what, 2012, 2013, 19, 21, and 2022. So 2012, they lost the Super Bowl. Uh, Colin Kaepernick to the Ravens and Joe Flacco. 2023, conference championship loss. The other brother the, bowl. Yeah. that's Wait, the Harbaugh brother bowl, right? Correct. Right. And Correct. now we're in another, we're in the Kelsey brother bowl. Now we're in the era of the first brothers ever playing against each other versus coaching each other. It's cool that they've been within 10 years of each other. It's actually 10 years since the last time that it happened. So it's uh, the year of brothers. 
right? So there's, and that was the Navarra Bowman, the Frank Gore, Anquan Bolden era for the Niners. They were a solid team back then, still couldn't get over the top. 19 Super Bowl loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, Mahomes' first ring. 2021, can you remind me what happened last year? How did their season end? The San Francisco 49ers? Yeah. Um, I believe Jimmy Garoppolo threw a pick and the Rams rode to the Super Bowl on that. <laughs> Great call. I think it was Al Michaels. I think it was too. Yeah, Garoppolo swung down. Super Bowl on that. Traven Howard with the pick. It was great. It might have been Al Michaels' last great call. Actually, you know what? If some Rams fan can fact check this on me, uh, because January 30th is a big day for the Rams. They've won the conference championship on January 30th, and they won their first Super Bowl on January 30th. But I'm almost positive it was Al Michaels that called the Kevin Dyson extension and, and Mike no, he Jones did. Yeah. made the tackle. Can he get yeah. in? No, he cannot. I mean, that to me is an iconic Al Michaels call, and I don't think it's ever gotten better. Since then, like that was the peak of Al Michaels to me. That you could hear the enthusiasm yeah. and passion in his voice. Uh, and then the actual Super Bowl, uh, I think it's Collinsworth is like, and the Rams come out to celebrate on the defensive play. Like, oh, I know, worst call ever. It's like, I get, <laughs> I, I know you're rooting for freaking, uh, you know, the Bengals, but come on, yeah, yeah, legacy Bengal. Yeah, Chris Collingsworth. Um, how about the poor Bengals, man? They're not, I, I said the kiss of death yesterday when they were like, poor we're going to have Iggy. My, my Batushka. We're going to have Iggy Woods present the, uh, what is the, I don't know why Larry O'Brien trophy came to my mind. It's incorrect. Whoever the name, the trophy's named after the FC Championship trophy is named after. Uh, Iggy Woods, who does the Iggy Shuffle, is going to be I saw a great presenting the trophy. A, a, a fantastic comparison on TikTok today, believe it or not. Um, it was like, it was just a, like a screenshot of all the like shit talking that the Bengals have done over the course of the week. And like, you know, them celebrating before the game. And then the comment was like, damn, they're really the Memphis Gri Grizzlies of the NFL. <laughs> and I was like, oh, because the Grizzlies carry themselves with like the poise of like a championship team, even though they haven't won anything. So I I definitely feel the same way about about the Bengals. I thought you were going in like a Patrick Beverly direction, where you know yeah. they get to the they get to the point and then they go crazy mm -hmm. and they're crying because they've won the divisional round, but it's still not the championship round. And then hence all these insane tweets come out. Um, I know Eli Apple talks way too much for a player that makes a mistake seemingly in that position every single year. There was a bad holding call down the field, I think in the fourth quarter with about six and a half minutes left. And it's just, it's, it's clockwork, right? Like that, that's the guy that you got to target down the stretch. That's you got to go after. And um, you know, Mahomes takes advantage with really no receivers, right? Cardarius Tony goes down. It's really just MVS and Pacheco. And you know, what else did he even have to throw to? Uh, you know, yeah. I don't know if Chad Henney gets that done. Here's my take on the Bengals. Yeah. Um, they'll get theirs a hundred percent. I I Joe Burrow is a mechanic out there just fixing a broken team and is making them like a staple in this league. I think they get theirs before Buffalo gets one. Yeah, you could I, be right. That's how much faith I have in the Bengals. And I was the guy that was like, Oh, I like their under on wins. I think they're gonna lose to the Ravens. You know, I was like down them the whole time, but I mean, what when you're like down a touchdown and they're in their own ten, 
the whole time I'm watching that and I'm like on the edge of my seat, I'm like, they're going to drive down the entire field right now. And they're going to score. And they're going to tie the game. And then who knows what's going to happen. And that's exactly, that's exactly how it went down. And I was like, oh God, why do I do this to myself? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, cause that's, that's who Mahomes is, right? He's, he's the guy that's able to march your team down in any kind of situation with a bum ankle can get you around the edge. No, not Mahomes, Burrow. Oh, okay. We're talking about Joey, but oh, yeah, Mahomes is that guy too. Mahomes, Mahomes took, you know, Mahomes was like the candy man. Took a bowl. Yeah, no, but you're, you're totally right. Like Mahomes and is great, but it's a Joe, Joe Burrow is incredibly impressive. And I think that's going to be a matchup we see year over year over year. If I get that as a rematch in the AFC championship every single year for the next 10 years, completely happy as a, as a sports fan. But also you want to see potentially Josh Allen in the mix. You want to see Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence you want to yeah. see Justin Herbert, right? Like there's a couple of other, you want to Ryan see Lamar Tannehill. Jackson. Yeah. Not, not Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Definitely not. Well, does he ever? I mean, he's been there once, right? Didn't he get all the yeah, way to the AFC? Yeah, he went to the AFC. He was a one AFC seed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think like the, the AFC has so many great young quarterbacks. Like, I think feel like they have way more than the NFC at this point. The NFC is like old now. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's hurts. Like, and who else Purdy. is? Who else is at the top? I wouldn't count Purdy. I guess. Count Purdy. Is he even the starter next year? No, Tom Brady. Baker Mayfield, best young quarterback in the NFC. In LA. <laughs> no, that's not even true. Uh, so what is your thought? What is Because we ran a poll, Nick. I wanted to hear what your opinion was on Baker Mayfield, that signing potentially keeping the 49ers out of the Super Bowl. Because it very much was a strategic move by the Rams. You want to hear my take on that? Yeah, I definitely want to hear your take, whether it's outrageous or not. But I'm going to give the update on the poll right now. We're at yeah, I want to hear the poll odds. 400 I votes. That. 61%, How many? 400 right now. It's been wow. out for an hour. 400 votes, 61% say no. Of course, we're talking to Rams fans. 39% say yes. Say say Baker does help them? Yes, Baker would help them get to the Super Bowl. And see, I'm going to be completely honest with, with myself and with Baker, and this is coming from the guy who wore a Robert Woods, Frankenstein, Baker Mayfield jersey. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is a worse quarterback than Brock Purdy right now. Mm. Yes. I, yeah. It's, well, I mean, I guess what you need from Baker Mayfield in that situation is to be able to keep plays alive and not make mistakes when you're scrambling outside of the pocket, throwing on the run, improvising, which is kind of where Baker Mayfield makes the most of his mistakes. Yeah. So when you have to play out of structure, although I feel like the, the 49ers quarterback position is the most structured position in football no where, I, I think i believe they probably would have gotten no i i think purdy brings them one game closer to the super bowl i think they probably lose to dallas that's my thought if they have baker yeah well the other side of it is dallas. what it what if baker mayfield is the backup for brock purdy oh well then yeah you're i mean but he wouldn't have been the fourth string i think it would have changed the whole course of events there's it i mean would have. I, the, yeah you think he would have been the fourth guy no no I, I think no you're right i think it would have changed the whole course of events i think that, yeah. that baker mayfield would have been the starter and then brock purdy would have never even gotten a look right you know or maybe purdy comes in for an injured baker mayfield at some point but regardless i, I couldn't be happier that the 49ers are done I have to be honest. I feel like I had so many dreams that we talked about it on the podcast so many times of the 49ers. We felt like we're in such a great position to finally get over the top now that the Rams aren't in the way. And what do you know? Our brothers 
from the city of brotherly love come out and end the season for the 49ers. And they did everything that we wish we could have done last year when the Rams were leaving our stadium in terms of the way they treated fans, just the utmost disrespect for the way that San Francisco decided that they can come into Philadelphia and act like they own the stadium. Um, and that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of reaction I would expect from a home crowd. Yeah. Like if San Francisco comes into your house and disrespects you and vandalizes the Rocky statue and has everything to say about the Eagles and Nick Sirianni and this and that, and then you hand him a 31 to seven loss. I like that to me is, is everything. I guess the, the disrespect couldn't be shared at this point last year because the game was so damn close and the 49ers did technically have the Rams number all throughout last season until the very end. So I don't know if um, you'd get the same level of disrespect because it was such a hard fought game, but uh, I, I, I think you would because the 49ers fans approached it the same way, assuming that the same kind of thing would take place. Yeah. I mean, our thing, like you and I, at least, or maybe I should just speak for myself. I don't want to speak for you. Like as an East coast Rams fan, um, I never had, and it's like a huge amount of hate for the 49ers. They were like the really good historic team in our division. Most of the time they would beat us. We were just kind of like, you know, essentially what the Cardinals are now, where it's just like a fly under the boot. It would be nice if we snuck a, a, a win from them, but they were always like consistently good and we kind of wear it. So they were just almost like an insurmountable foe. But now like over the course of the McVay era, they have become, and you and I getting more involved in the Rams, you know, culture and everything and being Rambassadors, Taryn Kilm's words, not mine, um, and being like a part of the whole bigger picture, It they became, have since become, like in my mind, the biggest rivals. And being from the East Coast, we kind of always had like a little hatred for the Eagles just because they were the team that we, we like geographically probably should have been fans of, but it was just really interesting to see those two go against each other. And it felt like all my Eagles hate for my body just completely left. And it just, I was so happy to just transfer all that into the 49ers and then see the Eagles beat them was just like, it was just euphoric really. Yeah. And uh, you know what? There's, I have just have a lot of respect for the way that the, the fans treated them because that's why I felt like they should have been treated last year. And you know, you had a real reason to root for the Eagles yesterday. It wasn't just geographical alignment. It wasn't just that we have some family that are Eagles fans. It was because the 49ers have tortured us over the past couple of seasons and not for anything, but the fans are constantly on Twitter. You see all these fake accounts, Purdy season, Bosa season, and they all have like pictures of players with sunglasses and they're all like graphic out and got they're illuminated and all this weird shit. And the 49ers, the way that the fans act, the way that they disrespect other fans, the way that they climb into conversations, it's just that there's so many of them, and it's so fulfilling to see it all crumble down in the most difficult era, I feel like, to get over the top. When you need every single piece to go right, it seemed like the 49ers, maybe the most important piece, wasn't prioritized. And watch how it all so quickly fades away. And now you're watching the two top MVP candidates in the Super Bowl this year in Arizona. And you don't have to watch Brock Purdy any longer. You don't have to see Kyle Shanahan with his hoodie up, being arrogant, undisciplined, to watch into Trent Williams throw players around. And the way that they just try to take on the Eagles and let out all that emotion against the players, it's, you know, it's it's a emblematic of, of the way that the fans acted all week. 
like yeah. bitches. Yeah, and just they how were just, fans they are were, in general. They were just bitches the mm. whole time. So that's what they get. Yeah, you get what you deserve. You reap what you sow. And once again, so grateful that the path for us to get to the Super Bowl last year and to get a ring was through them. They felt like they came and they took over and there was a lot of them there and it felt 50-50. But at the end of the day, it was Rams house. It was Rams house. How about this, Nick? All of your picks. I know it was a great day of watching football. Um, and obviously everybody likes to watch the 49ers lose. But Nick, in terms of making money, you were pretty on fire. I'm just going to real was. quick. I'm going to flash all the bets that you placed. I'll say them out loud for our listeners. And please say them out loud for our listeners, because if you got on board with Nick, you were very much in the money over the weekend. So here's the first one. The first one, birds or eagles, minus two and a half. Easy, pretty much no sweat after the first quarter. No sweat, no extra bump bumps in your chest? Mm -mm, None. Nothing like that. Hunk, already first game of the day, you're already tucked in. How about the next one? Kelsey and P. Ryan, anytime touchdown scores. I mean, that one, I said it all week. Kelsey's going to get in the end zone, and they favor P. Ryan when they get to the, the red zone. So that was fantastic. I didn't even get to watch that full game. You just texted me, P. Ryan, exclamation point. <laughs> P. Ryan. Like, oh, good. <laughs> no, I, I quoted your quote from the last episode. Mixon, they give Mixon a lot of carries, but they go with P. Ryan in the goal line. Mm-hmm. And that's when I – I texted you. That's when he scored. Very, very impressive. Those two bets. The next one, Kansas City Kansas money, line, money line over the Bengals. If you got it, when I released the podcast, the Chiefs were underdogs. So, and, and, and a beautiful underdog hit for us all. Yeah, I mean, they, they. The, I don't know why the Bengals were favorited because everybody kind of fell into the the Burrow head narrative. Bunch of oh, it was the ankle. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it was partially the ankle, but the uh, the speech Travis Kelsey said afterward, after he went, he made fun of the 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 mayor and then called him a jabroni, and then he went like this with the ear, went full Iverson. I watched that like six times, just cracked me up. Of course, it was a little like WrestleMania, maybe a little cringy to some, but I, for who he is and who his brother is, I feel like they're just they're like the personality of the league. So you let them have it. Um, and then the last bet, Nick. Still to come to fruition. The the last bet that has not cashed yet, but we we took Kansas City to win the Super Bowl. Um, I'm going to let the week play out or the next couple weeks because I think it's smart to do a Eagles tease. I'm hoping money comes in on the Eagles so they make the line a little smaller. But you tease the the Eagles with over – I think it's at 49, so 49 minus 6. So, like, 43 and Eagles plus 4 right now. So then that way you have, like, a nice smooth spot where you don't lose any money. But if the Chiefs win, you win a lot. And then also there's a chance where the Chiefs win by, like, 3 exactly, and you're in that beautiful smooth spot where everything hits. (laughs) Beautiful, smooth spot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you find a little hole. There's a term yeah. for it. There's, oh, a gambling, there's a gambling term for it. That hedge, I guess you're, 
I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> That's smooth. Obviously, it's the smooth spot where you find the hole. <laughs> you find the baby boy's hole. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So you were uh, you were three for three, and then you have a futures on Kansas City to win the Super Bowl. I'd say you're in the money. We'll be coming up with some fun props and stuff. Also, previewing the Super Bowl. I did text you, and I added one play to that. I'm sorry, everybody listening, because you didn't get it, but Dean got it firsthand. And it was a beautiful, fantastic Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown. It was beautiful. It was. Sorry. I'm using beautiful too much. I needed Theosaurus. It was uh it was too easy of a bet. You know, it was. He's, he's seen I think he has fifteen rushing touchdowns on the entire season, which is an Eagles record. Bet. I think it's an it NFL was, record. It's a plus bet. It was so yeah. weird. It was plus a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you double your money. You put a hundred in, you win two hundred bucks. And that's as simple as it was. And that was a nice little win for uh for the Rams brothers. Um coaching tracker, Nick. Going to do a little sharp transition here real quick. Go through the coaching tracker. Oh, but right before we go through the coaching tractor, bet online. Basketball's back. It's been back for ages, bet online. But even though it's back, bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, bet online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, always the easiest. Whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even for golf, head to <laughs> betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Well done, brother. Um, Kellen Moore shook free from Dallas. Doesn't seem like the Chargers are any longer going to continue poaching our offensive coaches. Wow. Kellen Moore has been hired to become the offensive coordinator of the Chargers. That's a very good hire by them. That's the run game is, I can't believe they let him walk. It doesn't make any sense as to why they did, but the Chargers seemingly fell into a perfect position. Not a lateral they were aggressive. move for him. No. Yeah, well, yeah, right. Offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. That's, yeah. I guess L.A.? I mean, it's. I think it's more of an appeal. It's. It's an easy way to get a job, right? He. I guess he assumes that the head coaching interviews are are so deep with some guys, some candidates. If they're in their second and third interviews with Azura Rivera, with Raheem Morris, with whomever it may be, maybe he feels like he's kind of missing the boat. And felt like it was an awesome opportunity to work with a great, great, great quarterback. Yeah. Right, so that probably, being, you know what? I'm sure he got really upset with with Dak down the stretch. Yeah, I think he did. And, and he was he like, I and now have- he's, he, yeah, now he's going to come into an offense with with more than one receiver, with a running back that isn't on a terrible contract. Right? I think he's going to fall into a much better situation with the, wow. with, the, with the head coach who's on his way. Dude, I love the Chargers next year. Now I cannot believe I didn't know about this hire. That is perfect for them. Yeah, they're due. They're due. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely a great match. I mean, we talked about the Jets hiring Nathaniel Hackett in the last episode. Patriots hiring Bill O'Brien to be their next offensive coordinator. Can, can Belichick go any way but backwards? No. Like, no. move forward, bro. I know. Yeah, you go Matt Patricia and, and uh, Bill O'Brien. Like, the, nobody wants to come play for you anymore. There's no. so many other great opportunities outside of New England. It's no longer the appeal that it used to be with Tom Brady there and Randy Moss and all those great faces. And it's just I don't think that there is any longer 
from a player perspective, if you're younger and you get drafted to go play for New England and you end up eight and nine getting your ass chewed out all week by Bill O'Brien, I'd say that's a, a not a good situation to be in yeah. if you're a young kid trying to develop your uh, your playing career. Dolphins hired Vic Fangio to be their next defensive coordinator. Obviously one that a lot of Rams fans were looking at. He's going to be the highest paid defensive coordinator. There were some rumors that came out today that it hasn't been finalized yet. I don't believe any of them. I think that that deal is done. Miami's been ultra aggressive in the pursuit of, of Tyree Kill, in the pursuit of Mike McDaniel. Potentially, you know, <laughs> they got their, their hand slapped a little bit when they tried to poach Tom Brady when it was illegal and they were tampering. I think that the... Uh, the Dolphins are pretty aggressive. So they're going to be another team along with the Chargers that I think are going to be at a really good spot for next year. Jim Schwartz, the Browns hired him to be their next defensive coordinator. Another team that continues to go backwards, finds an old name, wants to recycle them and, and have them be their defensive coordinator. I think Jim Schwartz was a defensive coordinator for the Eagles when they won their last Super Bowl. Obviously was the coach for the Lions. I think he coached Matthew Stafford. So it does have some good experience, but – I think if you're the Browns, you're going backwards. There's a lot of good young candidates out there. That was the guy that loved to blitz. Yes. yes. That was like the 60% of the time blitzing. Yeah, that's his MO. Indeed. Uh, Falcons hired Ryan Nielsen from the Saints to be their next defense coordinator. Probably one of the lesser in division. Names, but Yeah, in division. That division yeah. so weird. It I is. feel like all the hires like just jump from in division team. Yeah, it's it's strange. It's I don't understand why that happens in that division. It seems like there's just I don't know. It's it's just the South. That's what we'll call it. We'll call it the South. The South. This we'll call it the South. Brother. Uh, Brother. Avero, obviously, Giro Avero is a guy that we continuously keep our eyes on. He has interviewed with the Cardinals, the Broncos, the Texans, the Colts, and possibly the Commanders. But it looks like Eric Bieniemy has emerged as a potential candidate for the commander's job over the weekend, which I still don't necessarily believe. Did the they fire? No. Ron... Oh, Ron Rivera. Yeah, yeah, I think they did. Did they? I think they did. I hope so. I'm going to look it up real fast. I think they. I think they did. Yeah, confirm if I'm if I'm correct or incorrect. Uh, but here's the, just the likelihood that I think that Azure Rivera could end up on one of these teams. I think the Cardinals may have the best chance amongst all the teams that I named because the Broncos offered him the head coaching job. He didn't accept it during the season. I don't think they're going to ask him to come back, be a head coach. The Texans have narrowed in on D'Amico Ryans. They did which, not fire Ron Rivera. They didn't. No, he's still the head coach. Interesting. So maybe that was as a potential offensive coordinator. Yeah. They were talking about the enemy. Okay. So con considering the commanders are out, if Avera has only interviewed with the Cardinals, Broncos, Texans, and Colts. Right, so you feel like the Colts are deep on Raheem Morris, could potentially be going back to Jeff Saturday. They have the longest list of potential candidates. The Texans are locked in on D'Amico Ryans. Broncos, I mentioned, are not bringing him back. And the Cardinals, I feel like, are the best ones that are in play. If it falls through with Arizona, expect him to be in Los Angeles. I'm saying it. Yeah, now. and those are all head coaching gigs, right? Exactly. I yeah. think if they all, if all four of those fall through, which the likelihood of that happening, I think, is high, he could end up back in Los Angeles in a really good gig that could then. He could be a unanimous choice to be a head coach the following year. Yeah, which I think, you know, if he doesn't get that Cardinals job, he'll come to L.A. and then get more interviews because that's how it goes when you come to L.A. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it seems like Zach Robinson's not going to go anywhere. He's continuing to get interviews, but the Chargers obviously have hired an offense coordinator. If we can retain Eric Henderson and we can retain Zach Robinson and Thomas Brown and you still have Mike LaFleur, you potentially bring in Azuro Averro, special teams coordinator. 
an offensive line coach and you've rebuilt your staff. So, and Mike Munchek is still the guy that I have my eyes on. Yeah. Pro football hall of famer. I used to coach for the Steelers, played for the Oilers. Like he is just, Hey, if anybody could be like Jeff Stoutland, I feel like that could potentially be him because that Eagles offensive line is ridiculous. Yeah. And just the way that they've drafted players, my is incredible. Like that would be a guy that if he was our future left tackle, the way that he sings, the way that he plays, I would own that jersey. On the Christmas album? He is fantastic. Unbelievable singer. Oh, is it is it, it the Kelsey brother who does Santa Claus coming to town? Yeah, Jason. I mean, Jason Kelsey isn't a singer, but like no, Lane no. Johnson and Jordan Mylotta can both sing. My friends played that song when they won yesterday and Kelsey's just going it's like it it's so bad but i mean you know it's like it it's cute but it's bad it's it's really bad just listen to uh to jordan he's the he's the vocals on that on that album and lane I love they have uh the, uh what's his name the the philadelphia eagles with Marl Reese, That's they have him doing, uh, what's it called? All Through the Night. Oh, they do? Home play of Christmas. <laughs> Fantastic. How cool. How cool of a season is that for the Eagles? They release a Christmas album, they go to the well, listen, Super Bowl. It definitely will not be cool if they lose. No, no. Yeah, the Fly Eagles Fly singing that after the game. Also, only provoked by Terry Bradshaw. That was completely Terry Bradshaw's fault. He was like, one, two, three, and then off put the tune, mic right Terry. in. You're off tune. Yeah, <laughs> so bad. And you feel bad for Jalen, who has to carry out the rest of the song. So Yeah. Eh, whatever. It's going to be a great Super Bowl. We're looking forward to it all. Coaching tracker, well, we will continue to monitor. Um, anything else that pops up? Coordinators get hired, special teams, offensive assistant, offensive line coach. We'll be back on the podcast talking, to, talking about it. And I like the deep dive that we did on Michael Floor just hours before he was hired to become the Rams' offense coordinator. I think that's good reporting on us. What do you say, brother? Sorry, it's time to be real, Dean. I just took a be real. Of me? Be real, Rams Brothers the Pod. <laughs> if you have a be real, comment below because I want to see how many of you actually have that thing. You don't have any of that. I don't. <laughs> I do not. I do not. Thank you guys for listening, as yeah. always. Nick is off to go watch The Bachelor. He said he loves the guy. Oh, he reminds me of you. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> what, lim- limited personality? Not funny uh, on the spot? Uh, pulled the mannequin brought to life? <laughs> <laughs> he is, he's, he's decent. Yeah, I think the girls are the crazy part. That's going to be what's fun to watch tonight. I, Appreciate you guys yeah. listening. It's, uh, it's, it's football for the ladies that like The Bachelor. And not that football isn't for ladies. Football is also for ladies. It's yeah, just, now now they come but, to think of it, um, basketball is back. So, oh, uh, oh, my God. I might be I might, I might be watching some basketball tonight. Today? Oh, boy. Sixers are currently <laughs> annihilating the magic. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I'd like – when I say it's football for ladies, what I mean is the way my girlfriend cares about The Bachelor and watching it every Monday is how I am with the Rams. So we that's all I meant. Don't cancel me. A lot of ladies. My career hasn't there. started. <laughs> a lot of them out there in the same boat. Uh, You're one of many, my brother. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Appreciate yeah. you guys.
check in with us later in the week. We'll give you another great pod. Thanks for listening. Uh, guys, horns up. Peace. Go Rams. Mm-hmm.